What if I told you the financial situation that you really desire is a lot closer than you think? Whether you're interested in becoming debt free, learning how to invest your hard earned money, or just want to take your finances to the next level, you're in the right place. The Plenty Money Podcast is for anyone who believes that financial freedom is possible. What's up, everybody? Cornelius Davis here. Coming to you today from Atlanta, Georgia. I want to welcome you all to another segment of the Plenty Money Podcast. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. You know, I spent a good bit of time talking about managing money and investing and planning for the future. But one of the things that I haven't talked about is establishing good financial protection for yourself. You know, all kinds of tragic things can happen in life, uh, natural disasters, fires, automobile accidents. And obviously, you never want to see these types of things happen to anyone. But unfortunately, they do. And it's a double whammy when the person hasn't adequately protected themselves from a financial standpoint. So today we'll be talking about two primary means of financial protection. Emergency savings and insurance. We'll talk about the purpose of emergency savings and how much you should have. We'll talk about the purpose of insurance, some of the various types of insurance, how to determine which coverages are right for you. And then I'll wrap up with three things you can do to help strengthen your financial position. So what is financial protection? Financial protection is the degree to which you're insulated from an unexpected major event that has the potential to cause financial damage. You know, financial protection helps to keep you from suffering major financial setbacks. You know, could you imagine after working hard to pay off all your debt that something happened that causes you to go right back into debt or after you finally built up your investment account to where you want it? You have to liquidate that to pay for some unforeseen circumstance. And so being financially protected allows you to keep moving forward in the face of some unexpected situation. And so I want to talk about emergency savings first. Your first line of defense against an unexpected expense like a major vehicle repair or replacing an HVAC system or significant out-of-pocket medical expenses or a loss of a job is your emergency fund. You know, when these kinds of things happen, the money has to come from somewhere. You know, some people suggest that you can use a credit card as an emergency fund, but I disagree. You know, the whole point of maintaining emergency savings is to avoid taking on debt every time something happens. And an emergency fund provides you with liquid cash that you can immediately access, cover the expense, and then go about your business. A common question I get from people is, how much should I have in my emergency fund? I would say that your emergency fund should have at least enough to cover three months of your expenses. In other words, if you added up all your monthly expenses and multiplied it by three, that would be the minimum amount of your emergency savings you know the maximum amount basically comes down to whatever you feel most comfortable with most of my clients maintain a six-month emergency fund 
but I know a couple of people who have 12 month emergency funds. So it's really comes it comes down to uh, what you're most comfortable with. One thing I will say about emergency savings is that your emergency savings is not an investment. Your emergency fund should be sitting in an account where you can immediately access it. And, you know, I realize that banks don't pay any interest and in all of that, but this money is too important to be put at risk uh, by putting it in the market. But you also don't want to put it in some type of vehicle that prevents you from uh, accessing it anytime you need it. And so that's your emergency savings. Your second line of defense against an unexpected uh, situation, say like a fire or a flood or automobile accident or uh, loss of a spouse is insurance. You know, the primary purpose of insurance is to financially protect you from things that are more than you're capable of paying out of pocket or it would be too burdensome for you to pay those things out of pocket. And there are various types of insurance designed to cover you from different types of risk. And so I want to quickly talk about some of those different types of insurance uh, that you might consider having. Number one is health insurance. You know, we all know that medical treatment is expensive. One trip to the hospital can cause a pretty big financial setback. And so health insurance helps to cover any medical expenses that you might incur for whatever reason. You know, you don't have to be an unhealthy person to get hit with medical expenses. You know, you could have an accident or something else could happen to have to cause you to go to the hospital. And health insurance plays a huge role in protecting you from ballooning medical expenses. You know, doctors have contracts with insurance companies, so they only charge you based on the amount of their agreement with the insurance company. But when you don't have insurance, there is no agreement and doctors typically charge people without insurance more than they would the people who have insurance. Another type of insurance is automobile insurance. You know, a lot can happen to a vehicle. It can be involved in an accident. Somebody could steal it. A tree could fall on it. Uh, it could get flooded in a storm. You know, so it's a good idea to make sure you have adequate coverage on your vehicles. And, you know, with auto insurance, many of the coverages are optional, which means that you could have insurance and still not be covered for many things. You know, for example, let's say you have liability coverage on your vehicle, but not collision. Well, if you cause a wreck, the insurance company will help pay for the other person's vehicle. But you're on your own as far as your vehicle is concerned. Or say that same situation, let's say the person that you hit had $75,000 worth of medical bills and your policy only covers $50,000 for medical bills. Well, then you would be held responsible for that extra $25,000. So it's, you know, so it's one thing to be legally insured, but it's another thing to be financially protected. Another type of coverage is homeowners or renters insurance. You know, your home and your possessions are obviously important and incurring losses is hard enough. But when you have to come up with the money on your own to replace that stuff, it's even harder. So you definitely want to have adequate homeowners and renters insurance. And, you know, when it comes to homeowners insurance, you want to know what's covered, what's not covered. 
You know, for example, a basic policy might have a list of specific things that it covers and that's all. Whereas a comprehensive policy would cover anything that's not specifically excluded in the, in the contract. And then also the other thing that's important is uh, knowing how your items are replaced. Depending on the type of policy you have, some things are replaced on a cash value basis, meaning that it's replaced based on whatever the cash value of that item is today. And so if you bought an item for two thousand dollars two years ago and the cash value of that item today is eleven hundred dollars, well, then that's what the insurance company is going to give you. They're going to give you eleven hundred dollars versus if your policy pays on a replacement cost basis, which means that they would give you the amount of money that you actually paid for the item. So you just want to understand the extent to which you're covered and how you will be paid out if you incur the loss. Another policy is an umbrella policy. You know, if you ever wondered why you see so many attorney advertisements, it's because suing people is big business. You know, once an insurance company has paid up to their limits, a person has no choice but to go after the person who was at fault in order to collect more money. And if a judgment is rendered against you, you know, you will have to pay up. And so this is where an umbrella policy can come in and protect you. An umbrella policy is a supplement to your auto and homeowners insurance, and it kicks in to pay anything that's left over. So let's say, for example, your insurance company pays up to $50,000 in property damage and you total a card is worth $65,000. And so the, the umbrella policy would kick in and pay that extra $15,000. Another policy is disability. You know, an unfortunate accident could leave someone unable to work and therefore without an income. A disability policy would protect you in such a situation. Disability policies come in both short and long term policies. Short term policies would be anything that's less than 12 months. Long term would be anything that's more than 12 months. Say, for example, if you were out of work for nine months, well, that would be considered a short term disability. If you were out of work for a year and a half, that would be considered a long term disability. And so you can purchase disability policies to cover you in either situation. It's usually two separate policies, but you can you can purchase both short term or long term disability policies. And most times you can purchase that through your uh, benefit program at work. Another insurance is long-term care. You know, when you get older, it's important to think about uh, whether or not you might need some additional care. Long-term care helps to cover the cost of living in a nursing home or a assisted living facility. And the younger you are when you obtain a long-term care policy, the less it costs. And last but not least is life insurance. You know, losing a loved one is tragic for a family. And it's also a significant financial burden in terms of uh, loss of income and funeral expenses. And so life insurance can provide a source of funds to cover funeral expenses and financially sustain a spouse or dependents. 
You know, the younger you are when you purchase life insurance, the lower the premium will be. And with life insurance, you know, there are a lot of gimmick type products out there. So it's best just to keep it simple. You know, if you're looking to get the most coverage for your family that you can afford, then a basic term policy is the way to go. Basic term is the least expensive type of insurance. If you're only concerned about covering your funeral expenses, then a small whole life policy would do just fine. You know, a small whole life policy is not expensive for most healthy individuals. And so that's a quick overview of insurance. There's a lot of other types of insurance products that you can buy, but I wanted to touch on those because those are the primary ones and those are the ones that cover the most major things that could happen to us. And so now that we've looked at the two types of financial protection, I want to wrap up with three things that you can do to help strengthen your financial protections. Number one, if you do not already have at least three months of expenses saved up, deposited into a standalone liquid account, then start a savings plan right away to start building up your emergency fund. You know, life is a lot less stressful when you know that you have a financial cushion should you ever need it. Number two, evaluate all of your current insurance coverages to make sure that they're still right for you and that they actually protect you. Number three, if I covered any type of insurance that you don't have in place, but you think you should have it in place, then do your research and find a policy that fits your needs. And that's pretty much all I have today. You know, I hope you got something useful from this segment. As always, if you have a question about anything I talked about, you can always reach me at contact at CorneliusDavisJr.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week. When it comes to taking your finances to the next level, surrounding yourself with like-minded people provides a tremendous boost. Being able to share ideas, receive encouragement, and leverage opportunity increases your chances of financial success. I created the Personal Economy Community to provide a virtual location for people to connect with others on similar financial journeys. If you're interested in improving your finances in any way, the Personal Economy Community is the place you want to be. That's personaleconomy.com, personal, E-C-O-N-O-M-E.com.